This is for all the girls who grew up without strong geek role models to help them discover their geek dreams. For everyone who's ever been quizzed about their video game knowledge because those are plays. Geek Hearing is working to bring female identifying geeks into the prime to be the role models, dreams, and voices. About to show these boys how we do it. Higher, further, faster, baby. It's not about deserve. I'm not an owl! A girl has no name. There is something supernatural at work here. It's about what you believe. Did I stop on your mom? The Guardian Leviosa. Now on. You do as I do. You may the odds be ever in your favor. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Ready for this? Welcome to Geek Herring, a critical geek culture podcast where we talk the good and the bad parts of being a chick in a male-dominated environment. Hi, my name is Moni and with me today is my lovely, glorious, amazing, slightly jet-lagged on her own, <laughs> by her own fault, in the same time zone. It's very confusing, but she will tell you in a second. Co-host Amanda! <laughs> Hi, Amanda. Hi, Moni. What? the heck kind of interview was that <laughs> interview interview oh geez Today's today is gonna word, be a babe. good day for the words i'm really glad that we're talking about our like one of the best shows ever when we are having such good times putting the words out of our mouths <laughs> i mean in my in my personal defense i always have issues putting the words out of my mouth um but but today is specifically difficult um but yeah, how are you doing? How are you? I am good, thanks. I'm tired. Um, but I'm I'm good. I'm in good form. I'm happy. I'm uh uh yeah, things things are good. I'm just a little tired. You need to elaborate because I've really edged everyone. You now did. Why you're so tired. I know, I just okay. Um so I still play Dungeons and Dragons with my group in Canada. Um, but they all have children, so it has to be, like, at the normal time. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, every single one of them has a child. Um, damn it. Damn it. Um, so it has to be starting at, like, 8.30, 9 o'clock their time, which is, like, one oh, thirty, two 2 o'clock in the morning my time. <laughs> um, oh, God. So last night was our first time playing, or our second time playing since um, I got back from Canada, and, um, yeah, uh, so I was up until, like, quarter past five this morning, and, I mean, in total, I got, like, five hours of sleep, so, you know, it's not that bad. I'll, I'll survive, but... <laughs> oh, God, it's really... It's, when I woke up this... I woke up this morning by a dream, because of a dream I had that made me angry, <laughs> then I woke up at, like, six or something checked my phone got actually angry <laughs> and then i messaged you and you messaged me back and you i was like, like what, the, what hell? the fuck is going on like, she usually doesn't like rise from the dead before like 9 10 my time and this time she's just like messaging me at like 6 a.m i was like what the fuck is this i was like, <laughs> like laughing to myself I was like monty's gonna shit herself like <laughs> literally what happened yeah I was like what like can you what even believe that? that this is happening <laughs> no I, I honestly I, I was expecting lots but that that was not on my list mm -hmm. that was definitely not on my list well I'm so glad that I was able to you know surprise the shit out of you and maybe make your 5 a.m bad <laughs> news like a, yeah. excuse Fuck me a that. little less um I don't know yeah, angry it was, it was what pissed me off most about it is that I had this had this dream. So basically, I, I dreamt that my because I had the PCR test on Monday, uh, and I know I would I knew I would get like my results like at like one or two a.m. my time, and so I woke up with this dream that my test was still positive and was really fucking annoyed. And then I was just like, I'm gonna look at the phone. No, it's fine. It's gonna be negative. And then it wasn't. And <laughs> and then and then i got just got so pissed that it was actually uh, like i was right in my sleep and i hated it um, and so i got yeah. this message at like five in the morning just before five in the morning <laughs> i'm still fucking positive and i was like <laughs> no and she was like what the fuck are you doing up <laughs> that's literally what happened oh mm -hmm. god Yep. but at least you, <laughs> they, yeah 
at least that's what it what it was <laughs> anyway um yeah yeah but hilarious. we're not here today to talk about your like self-inflicted jet lag or my or your fucking <laughs> as ben called it my toxic positivity <laughs> just like so true mm. um but we are here to talk about other things yeah we're gonna talk about stranger things four woohoo um, I already when we when I thought what season is it for the title I was like what season was it again didn't remember mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is gonna be a great episode yeah so it's been out um, the last two episodes have been out for about a month now um, so if you haven't seen Stranger Things four and you don't want spoilers um, don't listen turn this off go do something else um, because uh, we're not even gonna like try I mean it's also a month ago now yeah yeah super a month ago but like we're not even going to try to talk like non-spoilery no. we're not doing it um so there you go that's your fair warning spoiler warning stop now yeah. or be spoiled see you next week or some shit yeah <laughs> exactly perfect so i don't even know what to say that's gonna be such a great episode i know <laughs> it's so funny because I'm like I said to Tom tonight at dinner I was like I don't know that I actually have that much uh, to say about this show and like I do because I I think it was a, a fantastic season um I really loved it first the first the first comment first thing that I that I thought was like man growing up and looking like a teenager is bad times <laughs> because some of them Jesus it just we all looked so weird in teenage years. And they also like look like so they're so it's it's adorable how teenagery all of them look now. Mm-hmm. And like when they're like just like growing in this a f- uh, uh, fast pace out of of like childhood and stuff, it's just so fascinating mm-hmm. to, to to watch that happen life on screen. I feel like I know it's interesting. I know. Um, so I think like the first thing is that this season was pretty sad like yeah there was just a lot of really sad moments heartbreaking moments like moments that made me want to cry a little bit i feel they touched a lot on a lot of different topics this time around so basically obviously following season three there was already like a lot of death and 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 like max is like billy had died and and so and Hoppa is allegedly gone and so everybody has lost someone or moved away from Hawkins and stuff so it was already like the, the group was split so there was a lot of general like loss and sad and grief and then um, Eleven moved with uh, Will. We should really have the IMDP well, page up here. Will. <laughs> Eleven moved, moved with Will and Fuck me, Josh. This- is that what his name is? Josh. <laughs> it's not Josh, is it? Uh, <laughs> Jonathan. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Jonathan. Was- I didn't even know Jonathan. who you meant to correct you. It's just like Josh. <laughs> it's Josh. Why, why are we talking about? Oh this? my gosh! I already don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Oh so, my god. Eleven moved with Joyce, <laughs> Joyce yeah, Byers, and Jonathan and Will out to yes, Will was uh, right. What California Go or something? Um, is it California? <laughs> Uh, listeners of this podcast if I could tell you the way that that Monty is getting dragged in our Twitch chat right now it is just like this is why you need to be here live because otherwise you wouldn't see this Uh, I mean very well deserved to be (laughs) but we are writing our own story because Josh and Albert and little Timmy in the well they moved to Thailand so that's also a great story (laughs) Oh shit! Oh, oh I'm so sorry, future Amanda. <laughs> At least I was, just leave it in. At least I mean the first letter of the name was right. I had like a, they got two out of four right and one not so much. I feel that's quite good. True, true. <sighs> oh. <laughs> yeah, Stranger Things, the key carrying episode. That's right for sure. 
<laughs> oh man <sighs> so yeah they moved to california and obviously went to school there and eleven didn't have a great time there unfortunately no she was uh she was really heavily bullied um and like it just made me so sad because she was keeping up this pretense with mike back in hawkins, hawkins. um <laughs> I was going to say the state and I was like, I actually don't know where this is. So Hawkins it is um, uh, that like she had all these friends and she was having such a great time. And like when Mike came to visit, she was trying to like pretend that they were her friends still. But like they were mercilessly bullying, bullying her. And yeah. um, then like there's this scene at a uh, roller rink, um, which is such an 80s thing to do and like so much fun. Right. Um <laughs> Where they just completely humiliate her in front of mm-hmm. everyone, like this group of students. But then, no, none of the bystanders stopped it. None of the like staff members stopped it. And like she was taken into the middle of the rink and surrounded. And yeah, it was oh, so so. It, bad. it was so awful. Like oh, is that was the? I mean, I feel like every every year is like this. At the same time, I'm like, are people were people like this? But People are still like this, I assume. People never stop just, being like, people are just awful. True. You know, it's like true. there's so much about stopping bullying now. Like it's such a big thing, like about mm. bullying. But like seeing this kind of shit, it's just like, uh, it just breaks my heart so much. Yeah. And she also because she like really tried and she really, they just, just didn't fit in the way they wanted her to fit, unfortunately. No. Which she doesn't need to because she's great on her own. Exactly. And like, so on top of that, she's also struggling with losing her powers because of like the end of season three and like overstretching and like just kind of not being able to access the power that she has anymore. Mm. Um, So like she tries to retaliate by doing her whole like iconic handout move, trying to, I don't, I don't know what she was intending, like lifting them off the floor or something and like then she just looked silly (laughs) um which led to even more bullying like it was it was just awful um and mike witnesses this will witnesses it um but will as her adopted brother knows what it's like for her anyways he already knew yeah um and he's like so mad that she's been keeping up this like lie or like just all these lies to mike um Mm. because like just doesn't want to deal with with this like the truth of how like how shit it is for yeah oh and then yeah, there's the really... diorama scenes oh i just remembered those sorry oh they were before that weren't they they were before and so they got like she gets this assignment in school to make a diorama of of her hero and she does uh one of hopper her her adopted dad and um because to her like he is a hero and he um saved hawkins like from the upside down from the i don't know you know all the stuff that happened and thingies the, the thingies yeah and um then they all laughed at her because he's not some famous hero um and not a historical hero yeah and then they destroy it on her like they destroy her Mm. diorama and like poor 11 is just like sitting there crying holding these like broken pieces of her dad that she's made in paper mache and stuff and like Mm, it's just it's so sad like it was i i honestly feel that i mean i i watch a lot of bullshit on television but I feel like this kind of bullying, it, to that extent, I haven't seen in a while in a television Mm-mm. show. Like, it was so explicit as well. Like, it was really, really fuck. I mean, bullying is always fucking mean, right? But it was mm-hmm. no, there was no subtlety that was, like, in her face. It was in front of everyone. It was, like, grade A, full frontal bullying, unfiltered in the series and i'm like i haven't seen this mm-hmm. in a while like it felt like it I know. felt like they, ha- they haven't done that in ages because obviously bullying is bullshit and you don't want to 
or there was always that like this reflective part with it as well or like somebody who then stopped someone but there was nothing like that no it just happened and then they moved into some other topic of the show and it was never addressed Mm -hmm. anymore i think like it was giving some kind of homage to the way that bullying used to be portrayed in like 80s movies and like it used to be like quite bad like i mean maybe bullying was worse in the 80s and because there's so much what i was wondering and also like it's different in america as well right yeah yeah it's true yeah i don't know it was fascinating like it was interesting because i noticed it like that and i was like this is new like not new but this is like very open and no discussion about it and nobody is telling them that it's bullshit in the end and nobody defends there's no courage between people to help Mm -hmm. her and stuff and everybody was just watching like there was nothing like that and i was just that was really fucking weird Mm -hmm. but maybe yeah that's why i was wondering if it was like way worse in the 80s and nobody would have said anything anyway because nobody talked about bullying like that back then and stuff Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah and then 11 retaliated um like physically retaliated by smashing her bully in the head with a roller skate and like causing some pretty serious damage you were uh, you i was like i know i shouldn't laugh but i found that kind of cool (laughs) (laughs) i mean it was don't do that don't do that but it was pretty badass but like don't do it (laughs) don't do it um no physical violence yeah it, like violence not does not you. solve violence and no, bullying like it's no, not the answer no. um and like then that starts a whole thing where the cops are called and uh like joyce had oh there's just so much in this show <laughs> now i'm like oh i want to talk about this now um yeah it's just i feel there is it was like how many nine episodes 10 episodes i don't remember um a bunch of episodes yeah a i think bunch. i thought it ended at six and then it were it was like three more or something. something like that um there are so many different kind of of storytelling te- threats in there that i feel more than usual because last season they had like at least they were all together and in the same town and stuff mm-hmm. and this time they were like in three or four different freaking places yeah like it was like split in california then they were in places. hawkins and they were in four places and then you had needed all the different separate kinds of storylines to then kind of thread them together in the end mm-hmm. um uh, tom says nine episodes yeah not so bad then and can i just say as well that the ninth episode is rated a 9.1 and the seventh episode is a 9.6 like this is a very highly rated season nothing below an what eight was seven is nine point what? Seven was a nine point six out of ten. Which one was the seven? Which one was seven? Uh, that is the one. Um, let's see. That was the one that stopped uh, just before the end of like the the last two episodes came out. So it was. Um, it says the plot is <laughs> as Hopper braces <laughs> to battle a monster. Dustin dissects Vecna's motives and decodes a message from beyond. And Elle finds strength in a distant memory. Mm-hmm. Massacre to Hawkins Lab. Mm-hmm. Dust in the six vectors motive the codes a message from beyond L fans. Oh, that's, that's what, what I Tom just literally said. Well, I yeah, it would you just said I read, read it yeah. out, sorry. Uh but yeah, so it's it's like it's a really highly <laughs> rated um season. But um but I, I personally found it kind of difficult to like not follow but like be invested in all four storylines at the same time like even though they were all kind of doing what they had to do to solve the same problem like the same problem with Mm -hmm. Vecna and the underground or the uh, underground Jesus Amanda um (laughs) the upside down um like they all had a role to play um it was it was just a bit distracting that it was split up four ways Um, that's probably my only criticism I totally agree and because I agree also because I caught myself like drifting off into my phone and I wasn't like Mm. fully paying attention through all the episodes because Mm -hmm. I also feel like I had a hard time following everything like I really like it when when the threads get put together but there is at the same time so much happening in one 
in one episode that you're like, how the fuck, like, like mind blown emoji or something. Yeah. Because it's so so much info to take in, and then it's hard to connect with them directly. I feel like, and it was easier when they were all together, and you could like have the connections with each other, even though they had like really really great storylines, like with Mike and Will and stuff, and mm -hmm. and and with 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 a bunch of other things too. But I kind of wish wish they were there were more of this togetherness because I really did enjoy that in the last in the last season mm -hmm. i agree <laughs> i think like on its own um the scenes with hopper and joyce byers and the what's what's his name the russian translator guy that they know knew from hawkins murray yeah. murray was his name um oh that one you mean i thought you meant the russian guard no uh, oh my gosh yeah. and then there was him um but like that whole scene up in up in russia uh like breaking hopper out of prison was like they were really great episodes but i feel like that's where i was losing my interest with the show um yeah because like I don't know. It just uh, up until like the last season, probably that episode seven with the highest rated one where like um, they do battle with the the they return to the prison to because this Russian prison. Oh, my gosh. I really hope that like the people who are listening to this have seen it because I feel like my brain yeah. is all over the place here. I'm like, oh, and there was this part. And, oh, it was this part. There's so much stuff happening. Um in, at the end of season, at the end of season three, we saw that that Hopper basically didn't die, but ended up somewhere in Russia in a prison. So we kind of knew that there was a Russian story. So there was this Russian storyline, but I honestly, until now, still don't kind kind of don't know. I, I don't why we either. are in Russia. Why why what happened there? What was that for? Like like why are the Russians trying to mine this like upside down in Hawkins and now taking Demogorgons back to a prison in Russia and letting the Demogorgons like prey on the Russian prisoners? Like it there there was there was there was questions. But, but it didn't really, and that's one thing where I'm like, did I just not pay attention enough? But did they have a connection? I mean, they just in the end had a connection to to Vecna or to the upside down evil guy person that we're gonna get to in a second, mm -hmm. because just just because they gave him strength, right? But not because there was some kind of memory that was connected to it. There were just the Demogorgons there and the Demogorgon dogs or whatever they're called, hounds, whatever. The um, Demodogs. That, that, like, they, that gave, them, gave him power, but not necessarily because of some like story like it was with all the other, other ones, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it, it seemed... I don't know. To me, it's like the weakest link to all this. But I mean, maybe they're going to bring yeah. it all together in season five and tell us like maybe this is why this part makes sense and why you've been like why what is this about for the last four seasons? Maybe. Well, for the last kind of and two maybe seasons. they just wanted to make Hopper really fit in the Russian prison was the only way to go. Maybe because fuck me, he got really fit there. Yeah, he did. <laughs> but also. I saw I saw a meme and I really like that because it said Choice fell in love with Hopper before he got ripped. And so it doesn't mm. really fucking matter what you look like because he fell in love with him. Uh, she fell in love with him when um when he was still carrying his belly around and stuff. So I really enjoyed that. Mm. And it's true. She didn't mm -hmm. she didn't give a fuck before and she didn't give a fuck then. Yeah. Also, yep, it's true. Just f fun fact: Hopper plays in Brokeback Mountain, and I didn't remember. Oh, really? I didn't know that either. Yep. Um, yep. So Tom has just put in chat here. He says the Russian stuff was a bit of a disconnect because it's so far away from Hawkins and where the action was happening. But then the big plot is like this is all connected. The upside down is probably far reaching and could be world ending consequences. Yeah, I mean, I totally yeah. agree with all of that. Like, that's what we're saying. It is all connected. Um, but it just felt that part for me personally and for Moni, I guess, as well. Like, it was just a bit. It's hard to emotionally connect with it because there was no real emotional connection aside from mm -hmm. Hopper ending up there. So you're like mm -hmm. invested what what's happening with Hopper, but that was it. Like he could have been, might could have been like two kilo kilometers away or whatever. Like, yeah, 
exactly doesn't need to be russia but like in the olden days russia was the ultimate evil as i, I suppose so so um you knew, as as it is now again mm -hmm. i guess <laughs> true <laughs> <laughs> all comes back round um excuse me but yeah so it's just um It was just hard, like hard to really connect with that storyline massively. Mm -hmm. So it was like there were fun bits because Murray is like absolutely batshit. Oh, he's wild, it's fantastic, and, <laughs> and and the Russians were also they were also pretty fun and stuff. But it was otherwise. I feel like maybe that was just a bit that was the because the other ones weren't as fun. Well, that's not true because Eddie was also amazing. Yeah, we there's definitely been some fun characters. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned the big bad, the big bad, mm -hmm. um, who was Vecna, um, which if you don't know or have been living under a rock, um, like Stranger Things is based on Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and Vecna is a character, uh, like a big evil uh, monster in Dunge Dungeons and Dragons. And um, so like there there was a tie-in as well because they were like talking about Vecna in like their own Dungeons and Dragons game in the school. And then like it turns out that he is the big bad thing in the Upside Down. Um, I mean, but they just called him that, right? I think so. Because, because they were like, he was coming up in D&D. So when they realized that that's not, that, that's different this time and that it's actually some... Well, person is person the right thing to call it. It's not just like it was before, not just a monster, but it's somebody like who speaks and talks and like has a mind of its own. Um, so they personify him by giving him the name Vecna, I suppose. True. Because, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's true. Um, and Vecna is this, um, this character that this, well, this character, well, he is a character that, um, that preys on like teenagers at the school in Hawkins um, that have had some pretty serious trauma in their life. Um, and there's an article from the Mary Sue, which I'm going to link in the show notes and I'll link it here um, in Twitch chat as well. Um, that talks about like trigger, trigger, co triggering content and, you know, using this as a, um, like the the one of the major plot devices um that like he just goes after these traumatized children basically mm. and um the article is basically asking the question um uh whether the no nonsense depiction of both active traumatic situations and post traumatic stress disorder um was necessary i suppose um because like it it has some very hard-hitting subjects um like that because they go into a little bit of the the background of the the traumas of the teenagers and like it's it's very hard um and the author of this article says that personally the first murder victim chrissy um has like uh some stuff with her mom like being very verbally abusive to her and maybe physically abusive we don't really know all the details and like the author of this article for mary sue says that she had to pause the episode because it hit too close to home for her. Mm -hmm. um and then like there's other traumas that happen as well um that they that they talk through um and like the uh some what uh, there's another mary sue article that basically says that you know that being the plot device fucking sucks like that they're making people relive trauma and everything. Um, I mean, I feel there are a bunch of issues with that. Number one, Netflix does not have a great trigger warning whatsoever. Like it's it's there are no super visual like plot devices of um, plot devices of whatever like whatever the fuck's going on, right? And I also feel it's just so incredibly visual this time around, like. <coughs> It was always kind of like gross and gooey and bloody and stuff, but I feel this time it was like really, really, really bad as well. Mm -hmm. And it's like played on both of these, um, of all the trauma, and you could like, like, used like Max's story and like the other stories also to like very, 
to 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 lower degree than I suppose Max's, but like the other ones were still you could like they they, they dove really deeply into that. And then paired with this brutality of what mm-hmm. what Vecna was doing to them, it was just really, really brutal, and you could not necessarily prepare for it because there were no no really great warnings at all. Um, and all like the I think- posted in chat about how that there's five years of criticism around the show being wildly anti-black as well. Yeah, we'll link these um, articles as well, um, which Gemma's sharing with us fast and thick here thank you um (laughs) so liz in chat makes a good point as well that um the gore in this season has definitely been stepped up like so i think stranger Mm. things has always been you know pretty gory um like it's it's a gruesome um did i I just say that word right it's a gruesome i don't know it doesn't matter it's it's like it's always (laughs) been a really gruesome um show and but this season, like, and I, I will also say that we had my mom watching um, this season with us and she's never mm-hmm. seen Stranger Things. And like the first episode, she was like, like, what the hell are you making me watch? Like, this is terrifying. <laughs> like the yeah. there's this absolutely uh, uh, brutal massacre of children like they're from the Hawkins lab that you, you kind of get not like bits, bits and pieces of it throughout the last four, uh, yeah, three seasons. Yeah. And this season opener like has it in such graphic gory detail like it's brutal um and then there's also like chrissy's death scene um which is i mean it's it's horrific like all of these teenagers um they they get killed by vecna from the upside down by being lifted tele telekinetically into the air and like mm-hmm. their their legs and their arms and like their bones are broken and they're put at angles, um, like they're yeah. they're just oh it's really disjointed literally disjointed, um, yeah. and like then their eyes are gouged out and like there's black blood like down their eyes and their face and like it's horrific, like it's and awful. What I, th- <laughs> what I think the previous seasons were they were more this alien gooey gross right that's all that I, and i never i never like that anywhere like i that's the reason why i also never watched the x-files because of this i can't so well with this slimy gooey thing but this time it was this slimy gooey thing plus like a lot of actual like physical violence on humans <coughs> sorry and i think that was just that was just so different compared to the other seasons mm-hmm. this time around yeah, it was, I mean, it was so bad. Um, like, there was times that I was, and I can deal with a lot of violence and stuff, but there was times that I was like, this is this is a lot. Like, this is a lot. Um, so, yeah. Um, something else, though, that this article does say, which is, is quite interesting, and um, the author says that at the end of episode six, I felt that Vecna was a meaningful and deeply accurate metaphor for trauma and PTSD. And she was glad that trauma was a central theme. Um, it felt like someone gave me a warm, empathetic, and even consequential hug. Um, but then the last two episodes kicked her in the balls hard. No. <laughs> um, because uh, it, it didn't have that same uh, accurate metaphor, I guess. It, it didn't, didn't do it for her. Um, but yeah, like I think, uh, just as someone who has been dealing with grief, um, like Max has, has been dealing with grief in the show. Like, I think that that's like the, the way that they, that they did that was like her retreating into herself, dealing with her loss and the loss of Billy was, you know, I, I think it was pretty accurate like i could absolutely see that happening and like i i really felt for max like people were saying you're different like you're different now and she's like yeah i am and like you know just not being able to reconnect with her friends the way that she once was able to um and then like it comes out towards the end that um actually she's kind of glad that billy is dead um which has like a whole other thing like then that's like feeling guilty for having like for being happy that one of her tormentors is dead and like 
my goodness, that opens up so much as well. Because like, yeah, you would be happy if somebody who had been torturing you, like mentally torturing you uh, emotionally for years, like is no longer in your life. Like, yeah, you would kind of be happy about that, wouldn't you? I mean, I feel there are so many I mean, people just expect grief to be this one thing where it's like you just have to be sad. But there are so many emotions that like pair into all of that, that people aren't from the outside people are always thinking all aloud in this season of your life but they're just mm -hmm. so normal in this season of your life and you start to feel guilty about certain things um because nobody's talking about it anyway mm -hmm. Sorry, i'm just laughing because money and i are both coughing our lungs out <laughs> a little bit <laughs> i don't know um, what happens yeah. today. usually i don't I don't really have a cough but charlie says it feels like it's a pro uh, like a problem is that series of anything always have to outdo themselves, so they always have to be better or more than the previous season, and they lose sight of when to stop, when to not to when not to go another step further. I totally, totally agree. Totally agree. Mm -hmm. And I feel in some bits they really managed to do that. Like it's it's like I feel this season was a really nice roundup of a lot well it was really nice in a lot of things but like really extreme in other things like as we mentioned like the bullying the violence the the gore and stuff but i also feel like by being so drastic it like opened up a lot of sides into a lot of things like i personally like connected lo a lot with with max this mm -hmm. season like a really like her story was re really really caught me during it and I feel that did did really well with the music part and like also showing how important like being having friends and being with friends is and that's always a storyline that gets me anyway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so I feel like that. that I feel they connect. I, I fe feel like connected more emotionally with people this season than I did previous season. Mm -hmm despite the rest of it like being more brutal than previous seasons as well mm -hmm. and potentially more triggering to a lot of people because of it definitely um yeah i i totally agree money um and i like that you brought up the the music element because one of the things that uh kept max rooted in hawkins rather than like the upside down and meeting her her death um was uh repeating her favorite song on her walkman um, which was mm -hmm. Kate Bush's running up that hill or one, running up the hill. Um, and side note g has given like a huge boost to Kate Bush record <laughs> sales and like yeah. streams and listens for like the first time in what 30 years or something like people, are, Kate mm -hmm. Bush is awesome. And it's like, hell yeah, she is glad everyone else knows it now. There were so many funny memes about this. <laughs> mm -hmm. The one that I enjoyed the most was the Back to the Future thing, the scene where where he's playing rock in the uh, auditorium, and <laughs> and then they don't don't get it because rock wasn't there, there yet. And then he says, um, "Your child, you don't know it yet, but your children will love it." So basically, but that like on Kate Bush and running up the hill. So <laughs> I just found that really funny. <laughs> That is <laughs> running up that hill. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, music and like finding that solace in a song is, um, I, I think it's very relevant when dealing with trauma as well. Like you do tend to get lost in in a couple or one, two, I don't know, a handful of of the same songs, and like you just want to listen to them over and over. Um, I have songs like that that take me right back to moments that I'm like, yes, this song, like literally I listened to it all night one night when like I had a traumatic experience um, and like I listened to that song on repeat. And when I listen to it now, it takes me right back there. But at the time it was it like saved me. Like, yeah, so I feel music is really powerful like that. Mm -hmm. Also, Liz points out that um, there is a lack of black music in the show from an actual historical factual viewpoint mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Duffer Brothers didn't do a very good job there. No. Time. No, they didn't. But we're going to post all the links Gemma posted yes. in the show notes. We haven't read them, so we can't really talk about it now. But um, you should definitely, and we will definitely read up on them as well. Mm -hmm. Just making sure I got them all open. I think I do. Yeah, I do. Four. <laughs> four. Yep. Um, 
So um, Eleven also goes back to the, like, scientists um, that originally had her raised, her, raised her. I'm like, what is, I was like, kidnapped. And it's like, not quite kidnapped, but like, helped nurture her powers through weird means um, in this, like, I don't know, factories. I I don't know, even know what I'm saying, like laboratory setting, I guess. Um, and she went back to them to basically try to regain her powers. Um and like she's having to go back through uh, and relive all sorts of traumatic experiences that she had in the facility, like originally, um, in order to figure out like how she got her powers in the first place. So like poor Eleven is getting dragged through it uh, so that she can be, you know, the most powerful girl in the universe. I don't know, the world yeah. and, and save the world again because she's the only one that can do it. Um, it's just... Yeah. The, I don't know. I felt like there was just nothing nice happening to any character. Like they were all just being dragged through hell. Honestly, and I also I also didn't really enjoy like I wasn't a big fan of how her storyline panned out. Mm -hmm. Like first of all, they, I felt all of this trying to put her in um so what they tried to put her in like prison for like because she was like, how old was she? 16, 14, mm -hmm. 15, something like that. Something around there, yeah. To, like put her in a pre in prison for like like defending herself in that moment with the roller skin. And I was like, why mm -hmm. the fuck is this all so over the top? And then 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 she had to meet her 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 papa again. And I'm like, why the fuck do we so it just felt like a really unnecessary way of getting her to where they needed her now in the end right mm -hmm. it was just so it was also not my favorite storyline like i feel my, my fa favorite bits were the ones with all of the people in hawkins hawkins me too and and kind of the one followed by the, the people in california because the new pizza guy was really funny like that yes really argyle was <laughs> Such a delight. So he was uh, a pizza delivery driver and like Jonathan's best friend out in California. And they just got fucking like high off marijuana all the time together. And he was just like wonderful. Like he was this he the comic delight. Well. Great hair. <laughs> like just hilarious. Like really brought the mood up in what was otherwise a really fucking depressing season. Oh, no. Um, and he true. was he was great. <laughs> um, yeah, and like he had, you know, he kind of gave that element of um, reminding you that even when things are shit, like take a break. Like what was the what was the um, the name of the, the strain of weed that they were smoking, like to kind of relax from all the bullshit that was going on? Uh, I can't. It, it had a name, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and you know it was okay weeds maybe not necessarily always the best thing to go to or maybe it is i don't know but like i i feel like his point that he was making was like well we can't do anything about it so let's just chill out and you know think of our next move and purple palm tree delight thank you very much tom um i love our little <laughs> that tom's doing such good fact checking for us today with our brains that aren't working um honestly and yeah, like I just I feel he was a big advocate for self care for sure. Yeah, also was a big advocate for her, for for pineapple and pizza, and I appreciate that about him. Me well. too, <laughs> me too. Um, but like it's it's Argyle who who saves the day. Like when Eleven's getting kidnapped, or like uh, all the police officers are like shot in in their house. Like it's his pizza van that they get away in. Um. It's Argyle who who drives them out to the middle of nowhere to find Eleven in the like underground bunker um, yeah. laboratory thing that she gets taken to. It's Argyle who is like, I know where we can get a big freezer full of ice and like so she can have her sensory deprivation tank uh, or the salt, the salt, not ice. Um, and like 
is able to sort that out. And like then there was this moment back in Hawkins where he he like has has his moment of like glory as well. I can't remember off the top of my head what it is, but there was a moment that I was like, yeah, Argyle is just like saving yeah. the day each time. Like it's Argyle. Yeah, it's true. Really, I think it was a nice addition. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a bit repetitive, but still a really nice addition too. Yeah, you have to have that the comic relief. Bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Um, and then our I other we need... sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, our other new that? character this season was uh, a firm fan favorite, Eddie Munson. Um, and I, I believe that I, I don't, I haven't met anybody that's watched a season that hasn't shared their love of eddie it's true um i but i also feel it's because he had the best scene in the in the entire season i mean he had a lot of good scenes but also i know he had the best scene too Mm -hmm. yeah um 100 yeah um like he was the leader of the hellfire club which was the D &D club that all the hawkins boys were part of um mm. and of course that led to the satanic panic that was actually like a thing in the 80s like people were mm. you know and possibly is coming back now from what i'm understanding like there's another yeah anyways um <laughs> um yeah but yeah like he he like eddie poor eddie was getting accused of these murders because they thought that this dungeons and dragons club was a satanic cult sacrificing fellow teenagers to the devil and um like so he he had like despite being like a fantastic character like he spent the entire season being vilified for something that he didn't do and he was on the run like the whole time but he has such a great relationship with dustin um and like they're just dustin is just such a great character um so good um and like like he's so weird but so lovable weird at the same time yeah like, he's just really smart and like he's always putting like two and two together and he's just figuring shit out and yeah he's just he's just he's just so fun so good um and, like, and i, I love really fucking loyal i feel yeah. like that's what i really like about him he's just like so loyal he he would do everything for you somehow. It's just really nice. I know. I, I read an article. I don't know which one it was. I've read quite a few today um, that said that um, Steve and Eddie were like Dustin's adopted dads um, and that like Dustin was their adopted son. And like <laughs> they always complain about, um, you know, how... Steve's always like, oh, I have to babysit the kids again. And like, oh, it's always me and the kid. But like him and Dustin are adorable, number one. Um, but I they ha- actually have like, like such a good threat. relationship. Yeah. 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 Um, and then you get Eddie in the picture who has that same kind of relationship with Dustin. And then like, I don't know, there was something going on. There there were, there was definitely some vibes going on there between Eddie and Steve. Um, I, I fully believe in uh, the... <laughs> theory that steve is everyone's favorite um disaster bisexual because um yes total bisexual energy there um and yeah i don't know like yeah steve is my favorite character i'm just gonna put that out there i love him um but um yeah like it was just it was just great like the whole the whole dynamic between the three of them um Mm. and then adding in you know nancy wheeler and um robin as well um just not i need to out myself here i'm not a big nancy fan i'm not either it's okay i really really like robin i love robin she's so cool i love her Mm -hmm. i'm the same weird as fuck and she's awkward and i love that about everything about her Mm -hmm. i like like, nancy like is is driven and she knows what she wants but like i also think that she's she's not my favorite character either no I, I don't know, there, don't but there want, is something about her that I'm like, Steve don't to be, really like. to be a thing. I don't either. I don't, it's, not my, it's not my, I'm like, no, I don't see that. <laughs> no, I, I agree. Um, so, but yeah. Eddie, um, I'm, Eddie has one of the most epic scenes in the entire series, five, five four seasons sure. of this show. Um, yeah. He when they go into the upside down to like actually do the 
um, the like killing of, of the, yeah. Um, him and Dustin are on like distracting all the other like evil stuff. Um, evil, evil things. Yeah, like um, uh, upside down bats who are like really bats and stuff. And they already, yeah. already tried to get like, um, and Steve because they're like actively eating people. <laughs> right. But they need um, to be distracted because they're also kind of source of power for Vecna, right? Mm-hmm. So Eddie and Dustin are in charge of distracting them. And Eddie goes up on top of the upside down version of his trailer home um, and plays the most epic version of Master of Puppets by Metallica. Um, which I have to say, Joseph Quinn actually learned um, how to play that. And like, it was actually yeah. him playing it. Um, and that scene is like, so good. So good. It's, so, it's like the so, best so scene in a TV show I think I've probably ever seen. It's like, Honestly. oh, if you haven't seen it, just go watch it. <laughs> um, and I'm going to the link in chat because it's glorious. Yes. And I will uh, make sure that that link goes into our show notes. Um, thank you very much, Tom. Um, and I just need to pause it yeah, to make it sure it doesn't play in my ear. Uh, <laughs> I also saw a video of um, uh, the actor whose name I already forgot. Joseph Quinn like, meeting, actually meeting Metallica and playing together with them, mm -hmm. and like he actually like practiced that for months to be able to to really play this. Mm -hmm. And I feel that's just what makes it even like it makes the scene is already epic, but the fact that he actually like practiced it and and, and played it himself is just so cool mm -hmm. it's, just, it's just it's just the best really. yeah it was so so good it was great it was it was so good so good um but then you have like the saddest scene ever like just a few seconds after that um <laughs> tom says that the top comment on that youtube video is eddie playing master of puppets in an alternative dimension while fighting off a horde of demon bats in the name of chrissy cunningham how much more metal can you get it's true <laughs> like true. it's true it's true <laughs> Um, it's so true. So then a few scenes later, um, Eddie sacrifices himself to these upside down bats um, to, number one, allow Dustin to get away because they were being swarmed. Um, and number two, to keep the distraction so that uh, Nancy and Robin and Steve can finish the job um, along with uh, Max and Lucas on the side um so like it really is a multifaceted effort but dustin can't just leave his friend behind and he goes back and like then the the bats are dead because it all works out in the end because that's what happens right and he goes and he holds eddie and they have this touching moment and then eddie dies in dustin's arms and like it was so bad oh my god like heartbreaking <laughs> Um, I'm all, I was also so pissed because you can't introduce a character like Eddie and then I'm finish him off in the same fucking season. Mm -hmm. What is this bullshit? Then also because there was so much attached to that as well because he was just running away from everything and everyone and this time he didn't want to run anymore and because and decided so now he's not gonna run and he's gonna protect everyone so he was also really fucking proud of himself that he's done that and then he fucking died like what is this shit i was so it's annoyed. bullshit <laughs> Also so sad because it was such a good role and such a great character. Mm -hmm. And so fucking annoying that they had to kill him off. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, it was awful. Traumatic. Like, really so sad. Bad. And then you have, like, a, a final scene um, where Eddie's uncle is, is looking for Eddie, like, in the shelter because Hawkins is basically destroyed um, because of what Vecna does. And... Um uh sorry, I just read I'm gonna I have to read this out. Tom said that the I love you man and the Eddie death scene from Dustin was improv from Gaten. Um I don't wanna I don't wanna cry now, but how fucking adorable is that? So oh good. God. Um 
Um, but yeah, so there's this so like shelter. Fictional fucking characters. I know. <laughs> Um, so there's this shelter in Hawkins and, and Eddie's uncle goes and is like looking for Eddie all the time and like posting, like, have you seen my, my nephew, like on the notice board? And finally, like Dustin sees him doing this and, um, Dustin has, uh, dog tags, I think from Eddie, um, from like, he took them home for him and, like he tells him what happened and like then you need to deal with like so first Dustin has to you know d like hold one of his best friends in his arms while he dies after sacrificing himself to save the world and then he has to go back and tell this this guy's uncle that like his nephew died a hero but like nobody is ever really gonna know because it didn't happen like in a place that everyone believes in and like then you see this. All the people <sighs> needed a victim and the murderer for the people for the killings, mm -hmm. right? So they, it was, they, it was just practical to um, blame Eddie for it, and his uncle always was convinced that it wasn't him because he wouldn't. He knew him, and he knew he wouldn't ever do that. Um, but because he obviously then disappeared because he died, people could still blame him. So there was no retaliation really for for mm -hmm. him after his death, which was like also additionally sad. And then you have him crying with Dustin. And like, that's where, that's where I cried. That I was, I held it together through the Eddie death scene. I did. I held it together, but. How the uh, fuck did you do that? It was hard. It was hard. But then the, uh, <laughs> the crying yeah. uncle that I was like, I'm gone. <laughs> like, no, that's where, I, that's so exactly like the moment I lost it, you know? Um, I remember that I messaged you like I think 10 minutes or 5 minutes before Eddie's death and I'm like I love this and then all of a sudden I don't like this anymore absolutely what <laughs> happened yes oh god yeah. so bad um, yeah oh it was it was it was, it was bad yeah um, basically I mean there are still so many bits and parts of the story that we could like elaborate on but in the end basically it's like a massive fucking cliffhanger for the next season. Mm -hmm. So the upside down, it kind of didn't really defeat Vecna or they defeated him to a degree, but, but kind of released something else through it and opened up like this gateway between the upside down and the real world. So now they need to, in the next season, try and defeat like the ultimate whatever mm -hmm. bad, which I don't know if it's, if it's actually like a person now or... Or, or again, one more, more of a vague bad mm -hmm. <laughs> as it was before. Yeah, but I th believe that season five has been confirmed as being the last season. Yeah. Um. So we're going to get closure on hopefully all the storylines. Um. I mean, we yeah. haven't even talked about the Will and Mike dynamic, which was. Oh, True. There's so much that we haven't talked about, but like I think that that this sad note should be the thing that we end on. Um, I just feel like there hasn't been a happy thing to talk about. <laughs> um, I, what what should we? Do you mean you? I feel like we can't not mention the queer dynamic. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Like I think we need to add oh, on that yeah. one. It's another sad one, yeah, but there hasn't true. been like a not sad one to talk about. So, um, yeah, go for it, money. Take it away. Basically, there were already rumors in the last season that Will potentially might be gay, but not necessarily, wasn't really, like, a lot of confirmation and stuff. Like, there wasn't an active, like, not that I can remember, like, actively a scene where you would assume that anything like that would actually be a thing. But people already had, like, assumptions about Will being gay. And turns out that he really... Like it was like subtle, but not 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 too subtle to to be totally aware of what's going on. Basically, my, my um, Will was like drawing a painting and was like super excited, and nobody was allowed to see the painting before like w Mike arrived to visit L Eleven. And um, when they met, there was like this weird awkward tension between Will and Mike, and um, they kind of um, at least says Mike gives uh, Mike does give a dig here and there about him not liking girls early on, I think. Yeah, but I think also because they were still so young, it's easy to, like, not take this as, like, 
because often mm-hmm. they're like, I don't like boys and I don't like girls without a, because they are not yet, uh, how do you call it, object of attraction, because attraction is not yet a thing for whatever person in wherever stage of their development or whatever. So I was like, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, and then Mike and Will kind of like have moments where they talk with each other and you could already see like Mike is like, re- Will is really excited that Mike is there and stuff and you could see that, hmm, is there something going on? And then there was this moment when Mike is just really questioning himself and because he's not able to tell Eleven that he loves her and stuff and Will is really giving him like a super massive pep, pep talk based on the painting that he made which he claims to Mike is something that Eleven made him make, but it's not true because she didn't, because nobody saw the painting before. And he basically calls Mike like the heart of the group and like he's the person. So he could really, he really, really like kind of, and you can see Jonathan, who is not called Josh, by the way. <laughs> he's really picking up on it. Mm-hmm. And he notices these moments between Mike and Will. And Mike obviously doesn't get anything at all. Um, but Josh, as his brother, obviously Jonathan. gets it. And fucking <laughs> hell. Jonathan. That <laughs> was a good one time. Um, um, so, yeah. And it was like really this really and people were like yeah this is just gay baiting and then there were a bunch of like older queers who were like this is what this is exactly how it was in the 80s mm-hmm. right you couldn't be um clear and more obvious about it and that's often that, that that's like that's like really 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 hit really close to home because of how um how they portrayed it there so yay queer representation and then mm-hmm. then later obviously also confirmed it like properly i think yeah i don't think we, I it, mean, was, it was already i don't think it was confirmed in the show um it was still left no. like quite amb- ambiguous in the show but N- noah schnapp who plays will byers um has a i think it's a tiktok channel um is that what they Ooh. call tiktok t- their tiktok, TikTok channels TikTok. TikTok. I don't know. He has a TikTok. He's on the um, TikToks. <laughs> my out of touch millennial is showing. I <laughs> like the thing. Um, and okay, apparently he's like quite a shit poster. Um, and like there's like he just posts a whole bunch of shit. But he up until very recently has been keeping quite quiet about uh, confirming Will's sexuality. Um, but very recently, I saw something trending on Twitter where I get all my information, obviously, um, like a proper <laughs> millennial, um, that <laughs> Noah, Noah Schnapp had confirmed on his TikTok that Will is indeed gay. Mm. Um, and that, like, yeah. so, you know, whether that's just him shitposting or whether he is confirming the fan theory, um, we don't really know. I mean, I also don't think it needs a lot of confirmation because I do think it's quite obvious, actually. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not not something where you're, like, really in the the gray zone of, like, are they just trying to make it look like there's some interest? There's, like, obvious interest. Like, even I can Mm -hmm. see it and I'm fucking over-oblivious. Like, you can't not be... You can't not thingy. Not see that and uh, see that it'd be like... "Hmm, I don't know if this is true or not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. That that's it. There's a lot that we haven't talked about, but I think that that's the note that we're going to end on. Um, yeah, I agree. Also because, because like we haven't so talked complex and you really need to watch it. Yeah. Um, but Robin is epic. I feel that's just something we need to Erica <laughs> is epic. Um, oh yeah, Erica is also epic. Lucas had his own little identity crisis storyline that, True. like, we didn't even get to talk about. Um, Robin is in love with a, a or has a big crush on another like student girl student marching who band girl marching band girl who is straight but probably not straight. I, um, I I also get like massive at least bi vibes from her. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, then there's like Nancy and Jonathan's relationship and then Nancy and Steve are having like their flirting going on. And like, there's just so much that we didn't get to talk about. Um, but we're already over an hour, so we can't just keep going. Yeah, um, it's true. But the um, also, it's final like thoughts. Complex. You really need to watch it in the end. I know. Brutal, really brutal, brutal season. 
can really hit you in the feels if you're like easily triggered. Be careful. Also, <laughs> um, um, yeah. Again, read more up on the um, lack of like black representation, like proper nice black rep good representation in it, which unfortunately we haven't massively covered today. Um, but you can read all of that in the show notes in the articles. Yes, I will make sure to link them all. Um, my final thoughts, basically the same as Moni. Um, this season was the like hardest for my heart um, of any of them. Um, but I also think that, you know, even despite its its issues, especially regarding like um, the anti-blackness um, that Gemma and Liz have linked us, um, is one of the best seasons of television I've ever seen. Mm. I, I could really do without the goo, though. Like, I'm not a fan. Still not a fan. It, yeah. Like, the slimy mm -hmm. fucking snaky things that are gonna grab people don't don't like it. Really don't like it. But you still, I still have to watch it either way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, um, that's yeah. it. So, that's it. We want to know what you thought of Stranger Things. Um, you can let us know on social media or... Join in the conversation on Discord, which you can find at geekherring.com forward slash Discord. Or in our show notes. It's also there. Or in our show notes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And we will be back next week because we're now week on weekly again. So tune in for another amazing episode of Geek Herring. See you then. Bye. Bye. If you like this episode of Geek Caring, why not leave us an iTunes review? You can also find us on social at Geek Caring and over on geekcaring.com. 